this situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Lee. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Jeremy's Bob Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers. We know it. Ask me about my win. Baltimore Ravens end up losing a tough game to the Cincinnati Bengals, a game that the Bengals probably were expected to win. And unfortunately, it came down to a play at the end of the game where quarterback Tyler Huntley fumbled the ball at the goal line as the Ravens were driving. And of course, a long Sam Hubbard touchdown ended up sealing what became a victory for the Cincinnati Bengals. But what stood out about that more was the comments made by running back J.K. Dobbins who obviously didn't have the ball in his hand. And listen, um, understanding the National Football League and the uh, uh, macho-ness, I guess, of the athlete wanting to have the ball in their hand, there's a certain part of it I can understand. But J.K. Dobbins went way overboard, basically throwing his quarterback, throwing his team under the bus, saying, hey, the ball should have been in my hands. And, you know, like I said, up to a certain point, I'm okay to say, yeah, I would have loved to have a chance there. But J.K. Dobbins using that as a soundboard to blast his team, to basically make it about himself being the me athlete saying the ball should have been in my hand was a bad look. And a bad look to a point where I think the Baltimore Ravens should consider trading him. Now listen, he's not the only player to get traded on that team. You look at it more and more, and whether the Baltimore Ravens are just bluffing here or just waiting for the ultimate right time to give Lamar Jackson the contract extension that he deserves, you know Lamar Jackson might be on his way out too. And you certainly, if you're Baltimore, you're going to collect very well for Jackson if you do want to trade him. But once again, it's a decision that Baltimore may be making that Lamar Jackson, an MVP in this league, in a National Football League, may not be the quarterback of the future. And I've said on this show and I've stressed it, quarterbacks, you're looking for a big-time quarterback, they're not so easy to find. And you just want to move on from your quarterback who's won an MVP, who's been a top player in this league, certainly is a dual threat. I think his his throwing arm, his ability to throw is a little bit underrated. I think he is a better thrower than he gets credit for. To me, there's about four to six teams that will be fighting for Lamar Jackson, let alone you know the other handful of teams that are going to be interested as they consider Jackson an upgrade over the quarterback that they have at the moment. But Dobbins, to me, hasn't proven very much in this league. He's been injured a lot. He hasn't gone out there and had that 1,500-yard rushing season. He hasn't been Derrick Henry. He hasn't been Jonathan Taylor yet. So, in my opinion, J.K. Dobbins has not earned the right to speak up about not having the ball in his hands. And if I'm John Harbaugh, if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I'm looking to move on. I'm looking to move on from J.K. Dobbins. I look at his comments by itself, a distraction to what you're looking to build on this team. Uh, you know, Gus Edwards is getting a lot of PT. Kenyon Drake is getting a lot of PT in a, in a running back position. Le'Veon Bell was running the ball last year. J.K. Dobbins, I know he's just a second or third year back. He, he's not he's, he's not even a number one running back in that offense. I know he's had some good games this year. But to me, 
he has not earned the right to speak up. Point number two. You know, the Los Angeles Chargers lost a terrible game the other day. You know, you can't be up 27 points in a postseason game and lose, especially up 27 to nothing. It looked like the Chargers were well on their way to victory. And, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars, credit to Trevor Lawrence, getting four interceptions early on in the game and all of a sudden turning it around and leading his team to victory. Doug Peterson, the whole Jacksonville Jaguars squad deserve a ton of credit. But when we're talking about the negative end of this, and you have to, when you're talking about a team that was up 27 to nothing, blew the game, you know, you're looking at the Chargers and their recent history, and it's easy to blame the coach. You, know, you want to blame Brandon Staley, that's kind of par for the course. That's what fans do, that's what people in the media do. You, know, you want to blame uh, the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, who lost his job. Okay, but the hardest person to blame is the player on the field that has the most responsibility out of anybody on both sides of the ball. Outside of the coach, you look at the quarterback. And the quarterback is judged by how often he wins. The quarterback could have very good numbers, but in the end, it's about how many games do does the quarterback win. Because, you know, I look at it like this, and I, I don't believe that Justin Herbert's a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. So that's not my, my hot take. My take is... He deserves some of the blame for what's happened in Los Angeles for the last three seasons. He's got a great quarterback rating, yes. He threw for 5,000 yards in 2021. He threw for 4,700 yards this past year. Uh, he's got a completion percentage of almost 70%. If you got rid of Justin Herbert, you'd, there'd be something wrong with you. So there's no question that Justin Herbert's one of the top, maybe top five, top eight, top 10 quarterbacks, depending on how you're putting your list together. But it doesn't absolve him for the blame for this loss. Now, is this loss solely on him? No. But it does impact his legacy. You're looking at a quarterback his first two seasons, as hyped up as he's been, and as much as everybody says that this guy is the way, the truth, the path, the future, he hasn't gotten to the playoffs until this opportunity arose this past weekend. And to be up 27 to nothing, I know you want to blame the coaches. I know you want to blame everybody on the field. I know you want to talk about how good of a season Justin Herbert had and how good of a three seasons Justin Herbert has had. But the permanent record says that he's played three years in the NFL, two of whom did not make it to the postseason. This past year, a home, I'm sorry, a road playoff game against a team that they should have beat, the Jaguars. Listen, they're they're playing really good football now. I give them a puncher's chance to compete against the Kansas City Chiefs next weekend. But you're looking at a team that is playing its best football right now. So in the end, are you surprised that the Jaguars beat the Chargers? I'm not going to say that, but in the means that they did it, I think is an indictment on the quarterback. And I'm not saying next year, look at Justin Herbert, and if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, you're going to consider him a bust. There's different conversations you could have about this topic. You could talk about Justin Herbert putting up great numbers in a regular season, but he's nowhere to be found in the playoffs. And if, if your defense is, well, he only played one game, all right, 
Well, let's see where the Los Angeles Chargers go next year. How many coaches are you going to sacrifice for a quarterback that at some point you're going to have to determine whether he's done it or whether he hasn't done it? And that's my point on Justin Herbert. Now, I was watching the Phoenix Suns the other day get beat up pretty good by the Memphis Grizzlies. A couple things stuck in my head when it came to that. The Grizzlies are a very good team. They're a very deep team. They are a better team than the Phoenix Suns at this point. So the fact that the Phoenix Suns, in spite of not having their star backcourt of Devin Booker and Chris Paul, missing uh, key role players in Cameron Payne and Cam Johnson, they were competitive in the first half of this game. And I think that speaks a little bit to the coaching of Monty Williams. But in the end, the Grizzlies, the cream, tended to rise to the top. And the Grizzlies kind of blew them out in the game. But kind of made me go back to one of my talking points on this show. I mentioned it maybe a couple months back. Jay Crowder bailing on his team. Jay Crowder, an important piece to a Phoenix team that was up at the top of the Western Conference over the last couple seasons, Decides he doesn't want to play basketball. And my point that I made a couple months ago was who TF is Jay Crowder? Jay Crowder is not Michael Jordan. Jay Crowder is not LeBron James. Jay Crowder has not earned the right to decide he's not going to play basketball when he's under contract. He has not earned the right to collect a paycheck from the Phoenix Suns while choosing not to play as they look to trade him. Jay Crowder has not earned the right to ask for a trade for anybody, let alone a team that's in the top of the Western Conference over the last couple of years. So you're looking at a Phoenix team at this moment that needs him, certainly needs his leadership, may not need his his uh, scoring ability because it's not like he's going to go out there and score 30 a game. But this is a time where Jay Crowder could be that consummate teammate that he's spoken about. People say, hey, he's a good teammate. He's a glue player. He's a leader. He has proven the antithesis of all of this by deciding not to play for a team that was pretty good last year. It's not like he's playing with a bunch of bumps. He's playing with a team that was at the top of the Western Conference last year, a team that was expected to make a run to the NBA Finals and maybe compete for a championship. And after that, he decides he doesn't want to play. That's a terrible look for Jay Crowder. And I'm going to continue to harp on that. You're looking at a Phoenix team that is struggling now because of injuries. They certainly need their glue player, the guy who maybe is a self-proclaimed glue player, to be out there on the friggin' basketball court. So I'm, I'm entering a new segment to, to the show. We're going to change the music up a little bit. It ain't going to be the, the same song here, but we're going to get into on this date in sports history and a couple birthdays before we close out the show today. So on this date in 1896, the first college basketball game was played. The University of Iowa got five players together. They challenged the University of Chicago to get five players together. And Chicago beat Iowa 15-12 on January 18th. 1896. Of course, in 1958, it was a significant moment, not just in the history of the National Hockey League, but certainly in the battle for civil rights in this country, 
Willie O'Ree became the first African-American player to play in the NHL when he played for the Boston Bruins as the Bruins beat the Montreal Canadiens 3-0. Last year in 2022, 60, was it 64 years after becoming the first African-American player to play in the NHL, his number 22 was retired by the Boston Bruins. I believe his number should be retired, similar to Jackie Robinson, throughout the entire sport by every team. Al Davis in 1963 is named the head coach and general manager of the Oakland Raiders. Ten years later, the Red Sox signed Orlando Cepeda um, to be the first designated hitter. Now, the first designated hitter, of course, was 1972 Ron Bloomberg, but What's significant about the Cepeda signing is the fact that he was the first player to be signed as exclusively a designated hitter. By that moment, Cepeda's legs were beat up. He couldn't play the field anymore. And it was the first example of a player's career being able to be extended because of his ability to hit. And Orlando Cepeda had a pretty good season for the Red Sox in 1973. 1976, Super Bowl X. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Dallas Cowboys 21-17. Lynn Swan was a Super Bowl MVP. Nothing crazy when it comes to birthdays, but you know, I, I, I quote the, the guy in Blue's Clues. Every day is somebody's birthday. And on the 18th day of January, happy birthday to Brady Anderson, former Major League outfielder, and Gary Trent Jr. of the Toronto Raptors, who I think is going to carve out a better career than his father, Gary Trent Sr. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Just a reminder, you can catch the Past Ball Show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, any way you get your podcasts. God bless you, and as always, I'll see you on the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the friggin' World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. And I'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude who plays a dude disguises another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.